What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to On Target Talks. This is going to be episode two. We're going to be talking about tactics, the theory behind them, and them in application. And we're going to have personal experiences and all those other things that we're going to take into account. My name is Chuckles, or Dan, but mostly Chuckles. I'm the assistant manager here. I'm Des. Well, I'm James. I'm the general manager here. Nice to see you guys again, back for week two. All right, so we have a few announcements about a couple of things. So obviously, it's not next weekend, is it? February 11th. You should know this. I'm sorry. I just dates aren't my thing. Dates aren't my thing. So February 11th. So that's not this about weekend coming up. Week, not this that. weekend. Not this weekend. The weekend after next. That's what I was thinking. Two so, eleven seventeen. So on the 11th <laughs> is going to be Op Soviet Secrets. It's a Cold War. Uh, Themed game, pre-register online, um, extremeairsoftwarei.com forward slash upcoming events. Yep, there's a there link in the description if you're watching on YouTube, and you can find it pretty easily on Facebook. Yep, and yep. so by doing that, you get to secure the team you want to be on. So there's uh, CIA and FBI, which is the U.S. teams, um, and then KGB and uh, GRU, and they're going to be uh, the Russia teams. We're trying to do it in a four-team format to in case the break it up so that we don't have too many players on the field at any time. Uh, Pre-registering online, you get to secure the team you want to be on, plus you get to save $5, so rather than $35 a day of, plus not being able to secure whatever team you're on, you know, so you save that. But lunch is included, which is nice. It's not just $5 or more for no reason. It's You uh, have lunch along with that. Um, and then actually, James, you want to talk about the Expo kind of oh. towards the end of March? Yes, yes, so uh, the Expo. We'll go into it in a lot more detail later on, but just like a little brief yeah 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 so next uh so upcoming in march on the 26th that is a sunday everyone once again that is a 26th on the sunday um due to uh scheduling reasons in the in this building the mill um we had to do it on sunday uh but anyways so the expo is if you haven't been to it or you haven't heard of it it's very very cool like uh des said we're going to be going into it uh later on in the podcast but basically it is the northeast community i personally feel that the northeastern uh, airsoft community is the best community in the whole world and that's I'm not just saying that like I've been down south uh, to be fair I haven't played out west um, in California but I've, I've only seen videos <laughs> but but my point is that uh, it's an excellent excellent community um, event organizers uh, event organizers organizers such as Imsato are there um, uh, elite Cobalt. force Cobalt Cobalt. Oh, yep. With us, so. yep um Cobalt is of the the father of this, excuse me, yes. to put it all together. We don't want to take the credit away from that. Yeah, of course. Um, so Cobalt, um, who is, I don't I don't know his position in Stag Ops, but essentially he runs Stag Ops, um, who also runs Spring Offensive and Dawn Justice. A lot of people actually don't know that. Uh, they're just like, yeah, just go to the game. They just don't even know all the antlers and everything, but Gordon would be very upset to hear that because that means that you don't read his war order. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, so there's... Tons of vendors. Last year we had Elite Force, Vulcan, I think Polar Star was here. Um, actually, no, they couldn't make it because I think um, they had a technical issue yeah, yeah, like two way. days before. But yeah, it's it's a totally a great time. If you've been to our August event, it is on par with that, except it's better because the August event is kind of like a little mini airsoft shot show, but the expo is more community, and I think that that is. I think we can all be in agreement yeah. that that is very cool. You get more. You get more than just airsoft. You get uh, you run into like local businesses like. Uh, um, like we've had several like embroidery companies. We have all of we have a bunch. It's very expansive, so uh, it's nice because it's local. But and they get that exposure. But we have people come from all over New England, so that's a that's a cool aspect of it. I'd like to think. 
Um, and then we'll be announcing who's coming, all of these other things, who uh, the next coming weeks. So yeah, stay, yeah. Tuned stay, stay tuned for that. We're gonna be blasting that out just about everywhere that you can find it. It's definitely something you don't, you guys don't want to miss. Yeah, we'll be talking more again, more about yeah. that in a little bit. But moving on to today's topic of tactics. Tactics. Uh, last week we talked about what gun to buy. Today we're gonna talk about how to use it. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so we're going to start with just like a general overview of um, the things that apply no matter what you're doing, indoor, outdoor, speed, soft, whatever. Um, then we're going to go into specifics in different fields. Um, so generally, I'll start with you. What do you think like the uh, most important parts of the most of the... I don't know how to put it. Most important parts of tactics um, to be successful, get kills, things like that. Um, so first, the very the very framework of tactics. You need to be you need to be fluent with your rifle. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, like there's there's nothing you really you can't work around that. I mean, yes, you can. Like maybe you'll get lucky and you'll turn a corner and no one's looking at you and you get to smoke four guys. But chances are, when you're going against people that are at your skill level or above, you're going to turn a corner and they're going to be pointing a weapon at you. Um, and you need to be able to uh, to deal with that threat, and um, and there's tons of different ways to deal with that. And uh, just full disclaimer, full disclosure, whatever. Um, a lot of what I'm talking about are airsoft specific tactics. I don't I don't want a lot of hate mail from real steel guys being like you're an idiot. I can't believe you're saying this. But I, I will go a little bit into real steel. Uh, granted, I don't train real steel um, that much, but even still, um, uh, airsoft tactics do sometimes vary a bit from real steel. But even still, getting back to the original question, just to make a um, point, is this. <laughs> Fluidity with your gun is important, and one of the big things is everyone wants to throw lights and lasers and mm. bipods and grips and all that. Your gun doesn't need to look like this. It doesn't. Um, Please don't. Oh. If, Please it, don't. if it looks like this, <laughs> your gun's just going to be that's so too, heavy that's too and bipods. so absurd that you'll hurt yourself more than any way you hurt. Obviously, this is an exaggeration, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so, kind of getting back to that. Uh, with your gun, um, it's, it's, you don't, having stuff like that, like, just kind of like what you're saying, when you have all that stuff, imagine trying to, uh, tra uh, transition to the other shoulder. That's another, that's probably one of the biggest things, the, like, step one is just, for me at least, is, um, both arms, or being able to shoot on both shoulders. And, uh, if you can't do that, essentially what you're doing is, let's say the side of my laptop is a wall, I'll rotate it kind of towards the camera. So let's say I'm a righty, I'm not, I'm a lefty, but for the sake of this argument, so I'm already right, and I go over corner, and I don't know how to shoot on my left side, so I expose literally my entire body to the enemy in order to shoot them. Or, if you're smart, you can use your left shoulder, and you can expose maybe 15% of your body. You really just want maybe one eye out. Um, your shoulder should really be the only part that they can actually shoot side of your face and your shoulder. So you're saying tying a corner is correct. I <laughs> it's as tasty as you think it is. <laughs> oh, pieing always makes those delicious, delicious kills. Those corners. <laughs> Being able to pie a corner is is a huge thing, and it's hard to do it, you know, without having like a cameraman on me and showing you how to do it. But you can watch mad cool videos. But for on real, the specifics, this is a better example. Yeah, right? that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's, Actually, that's what I was thinking of. Pieing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so basic basic gun manipulation is probably the first, the step one of tactics is being able to engage the enemy, and if you if you train on it harder and you train on it faster, um, uh, just that just that quick you know even if it's just like a quarter of a second 
Um, if you can get on, if you can just jump on that guy before he can jump on you, then you got the kill and you're able to move, um, advance to your next target. But without that, you know, if you turn the corner and your gun's down and you're on the wrong shoulder, you're going to get smoked in the yeah. face, I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, overexposure is the worst. So, similar to James, I'm a strong believer of, uh, the gun and how you operate with it is very important. Uh, I'm a strong believer of, from the ground up kind of the tactics. So... A big part of my taxes has to do with how I set up my gun. Um, and it's just a few key things that uh, call mistakes I see a lot of uh, customers make that it's small things themselves would give you huge advantages. Probably the best example is that if you are right-handed, like most of the people, and you're not wrong like James. Uh, <laughs> 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 the devil's child. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is, um, even though it might feel easier to put the light on the left side of your, or the, yeah, left side of your gun. So example, if I had the light on this side of your gun, what ends up happening is that as you, let me make sure this looks somewhat right in the camera, as you aim towards someone and you're coming around the corner, you expose your body before the light. So you don't get the blinding aspect until after they've seen you. And on top of that, if you were to shoot at, if someone were to shoot at the light, they'd be shooting right at your center of mass. Um, what I always like to do is I always put the lights on the opposite side of my strong arm. Uh, reason being is that, again, as you go around the corner and you keep the gun tight to you, they shoot at the light and the pellets go right past you. Um, same thing qualifies for lasers um, and other things that give away your position uh, while also offering an advantage. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Another thing, as Jay mentioned as well, ambidextrous features are incredibly useful. Oh, so yeah, yeah. When you switch arms, you're not stuck in whatever fire mode you were in. You don't have to chain hands to reload. Or even if you don't have ambidextrous features, get used to, I mean, it's not the end-all thing. You can get very used to just using your other hand to do all the same operations. Yeah. It like, feel a little odd, but you can get used to it pretty quickly. Yeah, and a lot of people, like, they're very comfortable on your left arm. Like, let's say... Like, I, I keep my gun in ambidextrous setup. I have it over here, I'll show you guys in a second. Um, but I keep my gun in ambidextrous setup because uh, it's when I'm playing inside, I, I, I need to be able to be on both um, both shoulders no matter what. But a lot of guys, they don't play out, um, inside as much and they go outside. And so the, the, uh, the need to transition your shoulders isn't, yeah, isn't as great. You know, you can take 30 seconds to move your shoulder while inside you, you should ideally do it in less than about a second and a half. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of guys, they'll give up um, the ability to enable their, to, uh, to turn on their light. So like a lot of guys who play outside, they'll have a very comfortable foregrip. They're very, very able to, um, uh, to, to keep their gun very steady, stuff like that. Very comfortable to them, but they can only click it with their left thumb. So you go on your right hand and then you have to like, you know, reach and use your middle finger or whatever. That just doesn't work. So another thing is, um, deciding what you should give up on your off shoulder. I mean, like, I've, yeah, like absolutely. I've been saying this entire time, you should be able fluent on your, on both shoulders, but not everyone is you know, is, is at that level. So being, uh, being able to just decide, okay, I can, I can lose this, but still be able to use my weapon on my off shoulder if mm -hmm. I have to. That's a big one too. Absolutely. Um, you'll see that more so in like DMR setups, like mm -hmm. longer, long gun setups. When I, when I had, my, um, about there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when I had my M14, I actually had my entire kit. Um, it, it was left and right. Like everything, my gun sat on my left shoulder. At no point never did I go on my right shoulder with my M14 because I figured if I'm in a situation where I need to change my shoulders, I'm probably within my 100 foot kill distance and I should pull out my sidearm. Um, so, you know, that's a whole other thing. I had my mags placed that I only reloaded with one arm. It's, you know, there, there's so much theory that so you can really get into. So it's really feeling out the environment you're going to be operating in. Yeah. Um, I know I set up my kit slightly differently between indoor and outdoor play. Um, 
again, it's all about focusing on the environment you're going to be working in and building your tactics around that. Yeah. And the more you play, obviously, the more uh, adaptable you can become. And that's the biggest thing, is learning to adapt. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Something about the guns. Uh, oh, guns. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. The, um, another real important thing with setting up your gun is, I'm sure James can agree here, though obviously there are some audio viewers that won't be able to see this, so I'll try and describe it, is the chicken arms. Oh, the chicken wings! Chicken wings. I used to get that. I used to be so mad about that. There's, there's a lot of people that run, and there's a couple things wrong here, is the hand on the magwell, you lose overall stability. Yeah. Uh, which I know it sounds so silly with airsoft worrying about stability and you're usually engaging targets 30 to 150 feet away But that tenth of a second I always say it when, when I'm in the store that tenth of a second I mean the difference between you getting the kill and them killing you. Oh, absolutely uh, Especially in a CQB environment absolutely. And uh, the chicken arms <laughs> Chicken wings you're just exposing yourself going around that corner that tree that that oh man, that much faster. Yeah, what are you going to take off and fly above the yes. enemy and poop on them? Like, <laughs> best thing you can do, <laughs> best thing you can do is tuck in. Keep your, keep your, uh, your, what do you call it, your pistol grip arm, because you yeah. yeah. hand and like you're right-handed. Keep it tight, close to your body, in a good locked position. It'll support most of the weight of your gun. And then use your, your other arm to aim. And yeah. again, keeping it tight and locked. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Just reduces. Issues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, like, uh, in, in indoors, you know, the um, the, the margin for error is so is so, so small. much smaller. It's so just much so much smaller. smaller, and a lot of times you'll see like, uh, and that's that's really where the Polar Star or really any HPA system um, uh, will, will kind of shine. And so this is yeah, specifically that going. Makes yeah. The yeah. Biggest difference. <laughs> and this is going specifically into airsoft. Clearly, this doesn't apply to real steel. Um, but just that exactly that tenth of a second when it takes your motor to wind those gears, pull that piston back and, and slam forward. By the time that your piston is slamming forward, someone with a polar star, that BB has already exited the barrel. Yeah. So as your BB is being fired, they have, and mm -hmm. even though it's just like four feet, that four feet, well, I mean, that, that'll be It gives a difference between <laughs> being able to dodge your way out of the shot or... Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, that's actually a huge thing as well is uh, I see a lot of people They'll come out of cover fire their rounds wait to see where the rounds are going and then duck back into cover That's an extra second or second and a half. You're exposing yeah, yourself that's... is Be comfortable enough with your gun that you don't need to sight down the sights The yeah. sight should be an aid for longer distances at short distances You should feel and that's again goes to part of being locked into your gun you should be able to come around the corner locked in and be able to basically just look at someone and pull the trigger and know that your pellet yeah. is going in their direction. And that's where the flashlight aids to see. And you can duck back in and be like, okay, that pellet definitely missed them. Let me hop back out again and adjust a little bit. Yeah. By you sitting mm -hmm. out there watching the pellet, you've exposed yourself for substantially longer and that you're very more likely to get hit. Um, just those quick little... Out shoot back in makes you an incredibly difficult target to yeah. hit. I don't like that. I don't like feeling out where you're. That's playing airsoft to me. That is playing airsoft. Yeah, and again, this, this applies more to an indoor environment than yeah. an outdoor environment. Yeah. But just, you know, like, I, I try to stay away from this when I use my night vision, which, uh, well, I'll talk about my night vision theory a bit later since I'm the only one that can really talk about it. Um, but. Like, I, I will use my light to guide my BBs, but a lot of the time, I mean, you just got to be able to turn the corner and just know no, where I'm, you're going to Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. If you need to use the light, that's an aid. However, 
you should know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that yeah. just takes practice. That's something yeah. that after a certain amount of time, you can just know. You where can, you're yeah, you get used yeah. to that. But like for me, like when kids are like, oh, you know, I'm having a hard time aiming, like, you know, some like banner tips is they're going to be holding the gun. Well, yeah, having the right stance. So helps. part is partly is stance, but also what like I've run like I have an AK with a rail system on the front, or I have my XCR, which is kind of like a scar. So it has kind of like a rail. So the cool thing is that. If I'm holding it, I can kind of rest my thumb up almost on, uh, on one of the the sides of the rails or something like right in the corner and tuck it in. But the cool thing is that my thumb is lined up with the bore of the gun, so I know where the BBs are going to be shooting. If I come around a corner, if it's lined up appropriately, I'm going to know. Like I'll do it over here. Oh shoot! On this side is like here. It's like okay, so I know I'm going to be coming there. Yeah, I'm gonna be coming over. Okay, this is so that they can yeah. see. So then, you're, when you're pieing the corner, when you're pieing, you can uh, have your thumb on the board, and then you can do that. You can point, and you can shoot, and then you can know. You know, you can gauge it off. Knowing your gun helps. Knowing the accuracy of your gun, how accurate your shots are. Like if you know, like that, you can point. If I could point at somebody 50 feet away and aim like this, and just know, boom, done. Like indoors, like like uh, Des said, you don't have a lot of time to really like aim down in a situation like that like you just have to trust it and go for it and then uh you know break the engagement or whatever you kind of have to do so that's just something that you know i used to do before i got used to just knowing knowing my guns that's just a little beginner tip to kind of get you going so that you're like yeah. okay i know where i'm aiming like if i get caught in the bind i'm like oh my god i know where this <laughs> is going and you're not like um, you're not like yeah and always, always be willing to, to try new stance. Oh, yeah. Is, that's, not, that's such a big thing. It's got, I mean, there's some crazy stances out there. One example, you know, the mag pole over his Oh, office. that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see not, if I probably got something I would try personally. All right, let's see. <laughs> that's not ideal. But uh, let's watch James try this on camera. Okay, so uh, my thumb <laughs> is on the wrong side of my, my pistol grip. My, I'm using my index finger. <laughs> okay, the and then I grab my gun and then I rotate my left elbow okay, about 180 okay, degrees. The mag <laughs> and then this is how <sighs> I use my rifle. How? Why? So, this is how. There's some silly thing. things out there. But then there's the ever popular like mag pull stamps and things like that. But always experiment. And again, that's where playing a lot helps is, I mean, at the end of this speech is definitely going to be, it's, you know, the more you play, the better. Exactly. The more you play, the more but, time you get in behind your gun, with your kit, with everything, you know. Don't get so focused on one way of using your weapon that you you lose uh, the ability to try new things. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm personally a fan of this dance, and let me pull it up on the um, stream, is... You know, the Magpul stance, the whatever, cool guy stance, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> is the angled forward grip and all that. It just gives you an extremely locked-in, yeah. very nice. solid uh, feel. And that's how an AFG is supposed to be used. <clears> yeah, towards the end of your gun. Yeah. Towards yeah. the end of your gun. It's, this is how I explain it to most customers, is that, um, let me go back to the camera, is if you have a long-barreled gun, something like a DMR, an M16, or just a long M4, something like that, and your arm is, you can just see how my arm rotates is that as your arm moves further out, obviously your hand wants to rotate up. So if you have a long-barreled gun and it's all the way out there, this is a comfortable stance. If you have a short-barreled gun, if you don't mind, and you're using um, something close up, that's when a more vertical grip system is better. And don't, don't broomstick it. Because <laughs> you lose that, that rigidity. Is, the trick is one thumb over and use it as yeah. a hand stop. 
Uh, but again, as I said, as I move my hand further out, the angled bar grip makes more sense. Yeah. Um, I always practice thumb over bore. Like, I do uh, different yeah, variants of that, but I've always just done thumb over bore. Yeah, I, I suggest that a thousand <laughs> times over. It's more comfortable, and you're Very just more yeah. locked into your, your <laughs> platform. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I've been running the... I always run the Magnum AFG. I've run that on, like, just all of my guns for, like, as long as I've had it. I just... It's so helpful, especially, like, I don't know, outdoors when I'm trying to, like, get in there, so... I don't know. I love it. I use that Magpul, and then I usually have Magpul rail covers because it gets me a nice aggressive. I could get a nice aggressive and firm grip mm. on everything, you know. Gloves or no gloves, which is mm. nice. So it's maximizing your kit for that. I did just see something in the, in the chat that I want to. Uh, it, it's somewhat related to what I saw in the chat. So it's like, don't use safety kills as a strategy. Mm. For the love of God, <laughs> don't use safety kills as. I'm just gonna hide behind this doorway, and when they're, and then I'm gonna jump out and kill whoever's standing there. Cause, mm. hey, it's not a fun way to play, honestly. And be here just gonna make a lot of people mad. <laughs> um, but and that might work once, maybe twice. But then the second they no. know where you are, you're yeah. just gonna get shot. Yeah. Um, play. It's not you're, gonna you're here work. to shoot. Shoot people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> shoot people exactly. Um, Shout out to the boy Fox. I just, see right? There's a lot of times I see people using safety kills as a strategy, and it's it's disappointing. Yeah, and that, that's the one thing that I that's the th that's what sucks about indoors is you yeah, have people exactly. like like anytime you play, you know, you're in a room, you're in a corner, and you're like, I'm gonna shoot the next MF that's gonna come through the room, and then all they come in and they're like, it's just you know, they run into a room and they just yell it and throw their gun around, and then they're like, oh, why aren't you hit? It's like you didn't even the whole point of the safety. I don't know. For me personally, like the safety kill. <laughs> All right, so the point of the safety kill is like, it's I have, usually it's like I want to have like if I have the, an advantage on you, usually usually it'd be like you know, oh like I'm just trying to be not a dick and shoot you like at this point, yeah. you know, range. No, like, that, that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. just not. Yeah, that's what it. Fair. That's what it should be. Mm -hmm. And then, but you have people that just go into the rooms with their pistols or something like safety, 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 safety. It's like you need to literally. People don't get that. It's like, you need to clearly define your target. You need to be yeah. like, safety, safety. Like, that needs to be yeah, clear. Like, because other than that, pull, you're just... Pull, like, shot, you're shot. just spraying, <laughs> you're, you're spraying on, and that's not practical. On that note, for mm. those of you around Extreme, if you'd be interested in a no-safety-kill night, like 18+, plus, or oh, yeah, let us plus, know. That please is comment easy. in the video, because we've been considering that, but we want to make sure there's enough interest. So... If you like the idea of a no safety kill night, and this would mean no safety kills, so zero engagement distance, so you can no shoot complaining anywhere. about getting shot, getting shot <clears throat> close. Comment <clears throat> below. Let us know. Because yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I want to do it. I'd play. Yeah, but we yeah. obviously. That's the one thing that I do. Yeah, that, that I that I don't do here. Well, I, of course I do it, but I, I always won't forget. Yeah. Is that <laughs> I always? I mean, I mostly when I play, I play outdoors um, at big events. You know, like Milson <laughs> games. Uh, where you turn a corner and the, and rule, the rules of down. engagement are this. If you do not want to get shot in the face, do not put yourself in a situation where you're in which you are going to get shot in the face. <laughs> Everything is good. If you get shot, guess what? You're dead, buddy. Yeah. So I'm just used to that. Just turn the corner and shoot. I mean, of course, you have to identify your enemy. Don't right, just shoot yeah. the Oh, no, no, trust me. Which happens. He oh. shot me. While on the same oh, team. Oh, that's bad. I'm bad with friendly many fire. Times. Yeah. Oh he does not identify his enemy. Yeah, you run into that situation a lot here. Like, 
like it's hard sometimes it's like indoors it moves so fast it's hard to keep track of people and there's also no camouflage requirements whereas you're at a big event and you're just like yep that's uh that's a that's a desert digi take him out or some shit like that you know yeah. like you you have that definition whereas like their arms have tape on them so like i mean you can yeah, see them it's just how well are you going to see body. them you know like so but it's hard have, to identify. We don't want to have to make teams with like bright yellow pennies. So yeah. IFF has, <laughs> yeah. has identified friend or foe. Friend? <laughs> That's what I, you know, like you run in that Pretty situation. Important. You work, people <laughs> always friendly. friendly. There's so much, so many instances of friendly fire. It's like silly. It's like if I'm not looking at like, if I'm in the opposite direction of you, like if I'm, if, if I'm engaging somebody, and like I'm in front of you, and you see me shooting where the bad guys are. Like indoors, it's pretty straightforward, anyways. It's like oh, it's bad guys here. are this way, good guys are this way. I'm shooting that way, like and yeah. what? And you're and you're gonna shoot me, and then I'm like, I'm hit. But did I get an enemy really get behind me? It's like, dude, what the? I'm like trying to I'm trying to hold it down here, and you can't you can't help a brother out. It's like, nah, you're gonna just ruin it. It's like identify the guy, like. I don't know, part of it's knowing who's on your team anyways. Like, when you get into the game, you're just like, or yeah, before, you look at the lineups, you're like, okay, I know who that is, I know who that is. I know that these guys are my enemies. Uh, that guy's kind of weird. You're whatever, you know, like, looking so you can identify them. So stuff like that you can do, but, like, yeah, people don't do that. People don't care. They're just like, oh, I see. It's a guy. It's a guy. I can shoot at. And then it's like, yeah. what's yeah. the so, process? The question I saw posed on YouTube that I think would be very good to talk about is how to quote unquote deal with speed softers. I was actually just thinking about that. Um, now again, is we have no problem with aggressive gameplay. No, it's, no absolutely. It's, that's that's the nature of indoor. It's, it's that's how you win. That's exactly how you win. Uh, but we're going to go into that with with answering this question. It's the attitude behind it that's a bit of an issue. Yeah, it's yeah. violence. Of um, but going forward, is yeah, dealing with speed softers. The they're easy to kill. Is they're really well, easy. Well. <laughs> Two big things Check your is, and this is from experience, is a lot of times if you want to win the game, focus on playing the objective, not on getting kills. Yeah. That will that will generally get you ahead. So many people just automatically think that it's like a team deathmatch kind of thing every time you get out there. But you but it's it's too easy to play team deathmatch. Team deathmatch uh, is so easy. You need to you should be pressing yourself play to Call like, of Duty if you want go to play for, Yeah, exactly. If you want to play TDM on like go sit home alone and play Call of Duty. <laughs> go on your freaking headset, talk to all your loser friends and go do that. Like but, it's not team deathmatch all the time. There's tactics involved, you know? Like why aren't you pushing yourself? You know, you're just friends. killing people. It's like well, let me go do something. Like, let me try to grab the bomb or the freaking Right, exactly. Tank. And it's more fun because, trust me, it is such a good feeling when you're the one to grab the flag and oh, grab yeah. the flag or plant the bomb and bomb plant. It's way more fun than just getting It's much more kill. satisfying because you have a better, you're fulfilling a bigger purpose. But moving to what we were saying about how, the best way yes. to engage indoors and things like that, and especially when you have very aggressive players like Speedsoftware, honestly, one of the best things you can do is be aggressive back. Is don't be afraid to move forward. Is it's just another kid with a gun, another adult with a gun. Either way, another another um, person to shoot at. If you engage at them, they don't have some crazy advantage over you. They might know yeah. feel a little better because they're here every weekend, but that's about <laughs> it. Uh, you can still get well, the leg up on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and it's and uh, and dealing with speed softers. What they do, or, or with the style of speed soft, is um is at least through what I've noticed in my experience is um is they're just there to rack up as many kills per death. Mm -hmm. It's all about their KD mm -hmm. ratio. Um, Which is but, actually a thing in 
in in real life, it's not a thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm getting at. Call of Duty again. See previous rant. Exactly. And uh, and when I play, I like I said last week, I play as a port to train for real um, for real shooting. So when I get shot, I take that personally. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw dedicated a joke. <laughs> oh, <see>. God. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> dedicated venting butter, so. <laughs> <laughs> but continue, continue. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Uh, so, what I'm getting at is just like, I take that very personally. On a personal level, I was just shot, and I am laying in a pool of my own blood, and I am bleeding out. And I take that, and it's, yes, it's dramatic. But when I play, I, it's just, I don't want to get shot. Like, who actually wants to get shot? Well, no, you don't want to get shot. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm getting at that is, hurts. since Airsoft is a game, um, they're treating it as such. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, that's at that they're point. They're gaming the game. Yeah, they're just, they're playing the game. They're playing the game. Um, I can't blame them for that. Yeah, and I, and I, I absolutely will not. Yeah. Um, but getting at, to the, to the base of the original question, which was, how do you deal with them? And just goes back to basic um, real steel shooting and... Um, and slow is steady, and steady is fast. If you yep. just if you just steady slow, if you know where they yep. are, and you can keep them in a corner using um, just relative suppressive fire, you don't need a hammer on your trigger. Just just um, you know, flash your light, uh, keep them on it. You know, like basic, just advancing on a target behind cover movement, and you just move up on them very slowly. Um, and then usually you're just able to grenade them out or just, you know, turn the corner and grab yeah. them while they're in that yeah. corner. Yeah. Um, that works very well. Mm -hmm. Another one is, um, your spacing, indoor spacing. I know it, and <laughs> indoors, oh, there, you can have four people literally stuffed into a corner. That's and that's what speed softers, they live off. They just, they, they look for those groups. dense, yeah, they, they look for those groups of people and they will run out, they'll slide and they'll just smoke all of them. Mm -hmm. So your indoor spacing, usually when I'm playing, I'm usually, uh, when I'm moving up, um, I'll usually allow a group of people to be in front of me, and I'll wait for that. I'll literally, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 this is me, of course, baiting. I mean, or playing the game. Of course, I would never, in the real world, use my teammates as bait to lure out um, a player. But, but, in the game. but once again, we're in the game, and this is dealing with them in a CQB environment. Because let's get real, you'll never encounter them outside. Uh, because they don't have cover. You also can't you play know. like that. Outside. Yeah, you also just can't play out yeah. like that outside. And we're going to be moving to Hatton in, in probably about 10 minutes or so. It's outdoor strategy, but yeah, yeah. with indoor. Yeah, yeah. So just slow and steady, just fire corners. Um, just know, just just think about it. Look at your field and think about it. That's what most people don't do. They don't they don't visualize the entire field. And of course, it takes a while to know it, um, to, yeah. uh, to, no, to, like, to, to yeah. understand the environment that you're playing in. But after a few games, and uh, it's really just, you know... Um, is just knowing your bite and visualizing. Just think of a long straight hallway. Like when you're running, uh, of course you're going to slow down the more turns you make, and they want to eliminate that. Mm -hmm. So you just think of it: what is the path of least resistance? And then that is most likely the path that they're going to be taking, mm -hmm. and you're just going to wait that. Yeah. Just pie that corner very slowly, and half the time I'll come out, and they're sprinting, and I just dome them. That does remind <laughs> me. That does remind me of a very important aspect I meant to mention when I was uh, talking about the gun build earlier is, A, if you're going to be playing indoor, I do not suggest a magnified optic. Nope. No, negative. Um, no. Negative And the reason being, and this is huge, is with a magnified optic, you have to close one eye. And you're cutting off half your field of vision, which is where people could be, where you could be getting shot from. Um, it's real important to have, like, a red dot sight. My personal favorite is the EOTech. Some people like the Aimpoint style one. I do. I have my. I have <laughs> Never my be in front of the, James. <laughs> Aimpoint cantilever. I don't know. That's my. That's a me thing. But the <laughs> thing is, that a lot of people, even with those, they still shut one eye. 
and you're losing literally yeah. almost 90 degrees your field. I learned that pretty quick. I had always wanted one, and then I was like, you know, it's yeah. just a red dot. It's, I don't have can, I don't have anything. I have so, to give. Hi, Jesse. <laughs> just saw your comment. Sorry. <laughs> so the best way to use a red dot sight is keep both eyes open. Don't look at the dot. Look at your target with your eye lined up through the dot, and you'll literally just see a dot appear in the, your vision yeah. in front of you. And if you rest that dot in a target, that's where your gun is aimed, as long yes. as you have the red dot sighted into where your gun shoots. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the total human vision is 220 degrees, uh, more than 180, believe it or not. And by you cutting off from here back, you're literally losing 90 degrees of the left or the right side of where you're looking at. Especially, oh, situational awareness. Is exactly. And, yeah. and that's the best that situational awareness thank you for saying that. i couldn't think of the word oh yeah is the absolute best way to deal with a speed softer is know what's around you where's around you and if you know what covers available to you and plan your route don't just sprint out into the open just yeah don't, don't just go for it don't just leave a window open where they can shoot Uncover, you from yeah. um, tell a friend to go watch that window or take that window or um, play with your teammates is a huge way yeah. to deal with team softers is move up along the field as a group, play with your teammates, have communication. Um, Teamwork can make the dream work. Yeah. Um, and really the best thing is don't just run out in the open shooting. Say, I'm going to move to that cover. And there's two ways to do it. Me and James actually have very different um, gameplay styles here when it comes to this. Is I do like to game the game when I'm playing indoors. I play completely different indoors compared to outdoors. Is that if I'm moving to a cover under where I know there might be people at there, I will just lay downs, rounds down range at possible windows or places they could hide and keep heads down. I'll get to the cover, I'll stop. James, I know you like to do the more quiet route. Um, yeah. So again, two very different strategies, both of them very successful. Yeah. But stick with a strategy or no, don't don't run, fire one or two rounds and then keep running because all you're yeah, saying don't mix it up. All you're yeah. doing is showing people, hey, I'm running out in the open, come shoot me. So yeah. be quiet and quick or be loud and aggressive. Mm, um, those are the two best things you can do, and like I said, if you work with your team. Hi, Fox. Yeah. You can. I'm noticing you so well. <laughs> um, um, and, and one thing, getting back to the situational awareness and uh, the sights, is a lot of times, um, and I suffered from this uh, very um, early on, and I, I just recently I've been getting better. I'm beginning over it. You know, I've been going to meetings, <laughs> <laughs> but that's um, that's getting sucked into your sight. Getting yes. sucked into your sight tunnel vision. Tunnel tunnel vision. vision. Exactly, yeah. it's tunnel vision. Um, and this happens a lot with EOTEX and tube style sights. Um, the tubes are worse. Oh, the tube. That, oh, that. yeah. Do you, because you do that. You that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially with magnified optics. That's but that. I mean, you have to be that with that. That's but, very different. Yeah. Yeah, but non optic. What non magnified optics? Um, uh, a lot of the time, like because I I grew up, of course, playing video games before I played airsoft, and so the nature of video games is just always be down your sights. And so I applied that to airsoft, and um, and my training, I would just always be down my sights, and a lot of times I'd get shot from. Someone, I if I just you totally would have seen. Yeah, them. I totally would have seen them, if and so yeah. So a good thing to do is actually practice turning corners and shooting Ooh. a target without looking down your sights. Going back, Wait, going back to the yeah. having being confident in where your gun is. Yeah, going. yeah, and usually I'll use my sights at about fifty feet and out. Exactly. But after that, uh, but within that range, um, I can usually get someone within the first three shots. Right, um, and that's just another huge thing. And uh, and the aim point T one is an excellent. Excellent site for um, for maintaining situational mm -hmm. awareness. Nice. For example, on my rifle right here, I have an EOTech. Um, 
this one, I know if you ever watched the uh, the Green Mountain Rangers video, they like to use the term slop, and I like I, I like that because it's a fun term. But there's a lot of slop in that in that site. There's you know a lot going oh, on. Slop, um, but within that, but around that 50 feet range, you put that sloppy you know that mess of a reticle on someone, and it's airsoft. It's a glorified musket. You're gonna probably hit someone. But the T1, which is great about that, is they have a single dot and just a very slim small housing yeah. and the idea um, the theory behind that is that you can keep both your eyes open you can look down your sight literally um uh well not literally but uh, since you have two eyes um uh the uh i can't think of like um the 3d whatever whatever I'm, but what the point i'm getting at <laughs> is that yeah your death perception, perception because of that okay. it actually phases out um that sight and you just have Absolutely, it's yes. basically just like a dot it's kind of like an, a, like like an aimbot yeah. it's, it's literally like an aimbot and it, you just are able to keep yeah. full situational awareness. And that's, the, that's why inside. we love the reflex sights mm -hmm. indoors, is because their their rim is a millimeter thick. Oh, thick's yeah. So it's like, but that that's part of like the, <laughs> yeah, the you know, science behind eyes is that it's like what you know it's one well, eye. One eye has this one. This other yeah. has another field of vision. So then, what it does in your mind, it completes the picture. So then it takes out some parts. You lose some parts because of the difference of where it is, but you can, you know, exactly. that kind of does that, which is super cool. And you know, um, James is a tryhard in quoting GMR. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> and of course Isaiah just reminded me that I am GMR. <laughs> oh, and God. check your corners, kids. Don't yeah, forget. seriously. When, that when was the funniest thing. Going, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, kids don't do that. Like, I was sitting in a corner, I was waiting to turn on the side of a building, and it happened here. Like, actually, it was right there in this building. I was on the side of it. I was about to go breach the room. Someone comes through the lane of fire just running up, just shooting, you know, and it was somebody that was, like, a speed solder. So they just shooting, and they didn't pay attention. I was like, got him. And it was like, ow, my butters, ow. And I was like, check your corners. Like, that's the easiest thing to do. Like, you got to, I mean, you can't just run willy-nilly. Like, it works sometimes, situationally, it works. But, like, when you're indoors CQB, there are so many different positions that you can be shot from every every corner there it's possible that there could be somebody there how many oh. times have you turned a corner someone's been like this with a pistol just waiting <laughs> exactly. and then they're because well i mean that's it's, the safety like, game i was talking about earlier too <laughs> like essentially um, but on that same note actually is and a similar idea is use engagement distractions to your advantage um i know we've all done this where you just hear a big loud engagement going on somewhere, and rather running towards it, because you're like, ah, people to shoot. Uh, <laughs> look for the source of it. You're like, look, I should not look be for going it as, that way. All right, everyone's looking there. over there. I'm going to go Let over me take here. Advantage Let me go around them. Yeah, and, like uh, and then get shot by James when you get around them. That happened to me in that um, I thought that was a compliment, you know, like me no, watching no, the yeah, no, <laughs> security, but no, that's just me friendly fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. friendly <laughs> fire by James when you go around them. I got, but, friendly, uh, I got friendly fire. We've done that indoor, I mean, you, you can do that indoor, outdoor. There was uh, Last Autumn Justice. There was a huge engagement going on. I went, huh. And I literally just went through some tall grass 10 feet to the left and came out behind the entire enemy squad and dusted Oh, absolutely. Them. And it's just using mm. using firefight as a distraction will help yeah. you oh, in everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's I read, a key I remember mm. it wasn't this past one, Autumn Justice. It was the one before that. I was lead. I was, they were like, oh, we need to, you know, flank around or whatever. So I was like, great. So I'm on green team at this point. Uh, but I had the Atex, the, the foliage, the foliage <laughs> green. So that was nice because it blends in well. But I was wearing like a tan shemog, and like 
So that kind of, I guess I made, I looked like Chance, so I was flanking, I was flanking around a team, just a friggin' anecdote, I was flanking around a, a team, and then they were like, they just let me out, I just didn't know what, it, I just got lit up by friendlies, I was so mad, I was like, I had the drop on these guys, another two squads came up and steamrolled them, I was like, get your asses back here, you're gonna medic me up, find me your medic, I'm gonna beat your ass. Blah blah blah. Uh, I was so steamed, but it was just absolutely yeah. hilarious. But just like, what are you thinking? But that happened like three more times. So that's camouflage is sometimes a so, thing. Speaking of camouflage, which would be good for right? Yeah, exactly. Speaking of camouflage, the other side of airsoft, and arguably the bigger side. Yeah. Um, you know, indoors is great for winters because you don't have to trudge through snow. But that once in airsoft, right. you're done. <laughs> I don't play winter games anymore. Oh, but, come uh, on. Pretty, come uh, on. Uh, They're not like... waste deep snow. That's the fun <laughs> part of it all. Almost that. No, but moving, fun. moving to outdoor <laughs> tactics, um, I would say there's three major gameplay styles. You can be a gunner, a rifleman, or a DMR. And I'd like to talk a little about each. Okay. Um, yeah. So I know you obviously prefer the rifleman role. Yes. I would prefer the uh, DMR role. And I think here we can all talk about the... Uh, the different yeah, rules, yeah. Solid. Yeah, we can do uh, that. So I'll let you talk about the rifleman role. I know you've been playing that forever. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, there's the rifleman role, um, I guess there's different variants of it. I like to consider the rifleman as, um, under that under the category of rifleman, there's medic, there's squad leader, um, grenadier, grenade, grenadier, um, and then I think uh, in comms as well. So rifleman, essentially, to me, is you have an M4. Uh, you have your basic semi-automatic rifle. Um, and that is a rifle. This is my gun. And, and, um, and the, the rifleman's um, job is to, uh, is to cover all possible, basically 360 degrees. As a unit, as a squad, is to cover 360 degrees of engagement. Um, is the rifleman's job in a squad. Let's say you have a squad of, a 12-man squad. Um, and let's say, let's say uh, eight of them. Eight of those guys are all riflemen. Between those eight riflemen, you should be able to identify an enemy poking his head out at literally any um, at any any time within the sphere of 360 degrees, you should be able to um, to identify that enemy before they get the jump on you. That's one big thing that I see the rifleman as. Mm -hmm. And then of course, once you make contact, that's when you get your saw, and you're like, okay, yeah. contact's over here. As the saw gunner, you're gonna suppress them. Yeah, and we'll then talk the rifleman. About saws in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the rifleman. Um, it's hard to just talk about it. Yeah, rifleman, yeah, without the, because with, each of them is yeah, because right. that's the whole point. They're, they're all a piece little, of a big puzzle. We'll talk yeah. a little bit about each and then put them all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so the rifleman, uh, the, the, his job is once again the saw. Like, let's say the, um, you're uh, you're fighting uphill. One of the worst things you could ever. Like, <laughs> it's 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 always a drag fighting uphills. There's there's no fun way to do it. Like Feel Good Farms is an excellent example of that. Oh God, <laughs> I love Feel Good. <laughs> but um, go to the summit. Come back down. Go to yeah, the summit. Come yeah. back down. Eight hundred foot elevation. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, man, it's... ever die. Oh, my God. Man, I, okay. hope, I hope we didn't do leg day a couple days before that. Need <laughs> your energy, but um, but yeah. So the riflemen, their job is is I like to think of the riflemen as um. As as the kill the killmakers the riflemen yeah, are the guys so. yeah yeah these are the guys who are going to get your kill everyone else is doing their job so that the riflemen can get their angle and get the jump on that guy mm -hmm. um, and as such the riflemen they need to be fluent with their rifles like we went uh, we went over earlier you need to, you just yeah like um well really with riflemen I I'd, I'd say a medium setup okay yeah uh, in but terms not, of not bulky yeah not bulky like usually that's the soft that's like the pack yeah, right, right. of the group. 
But um, but uh, combat effectiveness, at least to me, of course, there's so many different ways that you can do this. Um, I always take criticism on this, and then I always give it back. Um, but I always like seven mags, um, one in one in my gun going out, and then six on my um, on my person. I I like keeping my front. A lot a lot of people like to put maybe three on their front, three on their um. Uh, on like maybe a battle belt again. There's mm -hmm. tons and tons of things. We're going to talk about loadouts in a couple weeks. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Well, I, we had, yeah, we had discussed the whole whole loadout thing because there's like a, you know there's so much there's so much that you can do. Yeah, yeah, and so um and so rifleman does everything. They're yeah. like they they they're the they're essentially like I mean you have the squad leader but he's a rifleman but they they're the they're the playmakers you know they. Do all yeah. the objective stuff. Like you're gonna not gonna have your saw gunner go try to detain some guy. Exactly. Like we need a hostage. Yeah. Oh shit! Or raise a flag even if it's yeah. Like yeah. Even raise a flag. Because you need that. about moving quick, fluidly, moving around. The big thing. Yeah. Is They're the most versatile. Yeah. If you were to look at like a stat, like um, kind of like a player stats for like mm -hmm. online games. <laughs> Theirs would be in the middle for everything. I know, like a lot of times, you know, like There'd speed be would be max, and then like maybe like mobility would be lower or something like that. But the riflemen, they are the true middle point they need to be of balanced. that spectrum. They are, is, it's a great place for people to start there. So yeah, oh, absolutely. Like with it, yeah, the fact that when you're carrying a, an M249, the Crytek kind of changes things. The Crytek yeah. LMG, yeah. but like yeah. an M249, it's a 15 pound oh, that, that's gun. A yeah, that thing's gun. Um, if that yeah. was 5,000 rounds or 10,000 rounds, however many you're carrying, it gets heavy. It oh, has, absolutely. And you you have to be able to move around and all that. But like, yeah, I, I mean, didn't say you, you were a pack mule, Matt. If you can be a rifleman, like, I don't know, I feel like that's the most important thing to be. Because as a rifleman, you can go to any event and just, like, be a rifleman. Because if you're a saw gunner, like, well, I mean, then that's further on and wonder if we're talking about saw guns. But if you're a dedicated saw gunner and you go to an event that might not have that or, like, have that as a role, like, oh, you know, uh... Spring Offensive, Autumn Justice, those events you can do two per squad, whereas M Saudi might only do one. So now you have one saw gunner, and the other saw gunner, who is just dedicated to that, is now a rifleman. And it's like, oh wow, <laughs> wonder when the last time I used my rifle was. So it's like, if you can, if you start, like, rifleman's a good, it's perfect for baseline, but also, like, you can do so much with just being a rifleman. You can go so many places with that. So. And actually, on that note, I do want to mention with rifleman before we move on to saws, is, uh, you don't need to bring the world with you. If no. you're not invincible, you're oh, probably yeah. gonna die. And again, yeah. this is game again. <laughs> you'll probably die. But it's good. Uh, well, it's you good will to, die. It's good to bring, I would say, two three hours worth of gear with you. Only on the field. Okay, so Dave, you I want to know one time you lasted more than two to three hours at a game like Spring Offensive for Autumn Justice. Never. I've been out there for longer than okay. that. Okay, but in, in constant <laughs> engagements. Oh well, constant engagements. So my point is, you don't I need mean, to bring. Like that seven mags is more than enough. You don't need to bring a bottle of ammo. Like, I usually will. Yeah. But, <laughs> but do see, you need me, to, though? This is where me and James disagree. Yeah. I, I think pack light because the more you wear yourself out, the less effective you're going to yeah. be. Yeah. I figure you don't need to bring, bring like, I'll bring, like, a Pop-Tart with me, the snack gun, but I'm not going to bring a whole MRE bag. Oh, God, mm. no. Um... I, Again, I, I'm me and James kinda, disagree a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, 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 I tailor, sorry to interrupt you, Dan, yeah. I know you've been trying to get yeah, it, I tailor my, um, my kit to uh, about six to eight hours of play. I know with Spring Offensive and Autumn Justice, um, uh, that's not, you know, the same, because usually a whole day is that much. Um, but, uh, like, when I go out to bigger games, um, like, for example, when I was down in Virginia uh, last year for the Amsado game, or actually it was this year, nope, last, last year. year, last year, 2016, um, that was a true 24-hour game. The fighting did not stop. Oh, yeah. 
Um, well, that's and, a bit different. Too. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not your regular outdoor play. Yeah, yeah. But we're talking tactics, so I'm going to talk tactics. No, fair enough. And um, and just field effectiveness is just a I. I mean, if any of my my uh, teammates are watching, they'll make fun of me and say I'm like I'm always the long I always take the longest to get out on the field. But when I'm out on the field, I can sustain myself for about eight hours between batteries, BBs, and food. Those are the keys. Just water, food. I usually I love spaghettios. Spaghettios are the absolute best. Um, I, I'll have two cans of spaghettios. Usually, this is in my map pack. Two, mm -hmm. two cans of spaghettios, a uh, two and a half liter um, water bladder, and then an Odin uh, speed loader full of BBs. My, and of course, everything yeah. else. And that, that is usually the biggest thing is water. Water. Oh my god. Water, water. is literally it the number one thing. Doing. Bring everyone forgets enough it. water and then some. Yeah, bring yeah, more water absolutely. than you think you're gonna. Need. You're like, oh, I need this much. Buy more. You will go through it. Like it gets like wearing any amount of kit. Running around outdoors for long hours, you're gonna get tired. Like, I mean, me as a rifleman, you know, like, I mean, now I'm starting to like minimalize my kit. But I used to like, I when I did uh, Breaking Bad two, like, I had the double AK chest rig, but it yeah. weaved into the backpack, which worked because all I did was, I had my hydro, which was a three liter hydro, um, didn't fill it up all the way. But then I <laughs> left like two water bottles in the back. Yeah. I had, I had. Uh, one bag, one of the pow one of the extra pouches was for uh, batteries and such, and then I actually didn't even really carry any extra BBs because I had eight Enough eight cannons, yeah. which was more than I would ever go through an engagement. But like something like that, it's different. But like now in my kit, I usually have my double banger pouch, and I use that for like cliff bars. So I'll carry cliff bars. Mm -hmm. I have my hydro, and I don't know, and maybe like I I do uncrustables. That's my thing, just because they're easy. When you go buy them, they're frozen. You can leave them; it doesn't matter. They sit in your bag all day, and then like they defrost. You got a PB and J right there, but it's nice because it's like it's like kind of filling. It's a lot easier, and it's a lot easier, and it's simple. It's like a it's like a it's almost like a granola bar or something, or like a Cliff Bar. It's just like you open up the wrapper, you can eat it with your hands. Doesn't matter. You're done. You're quick. It's done. But it's also, yeah, but yeah. So it's I don't I don't even like at larger events. You know I don't carry a lot on. I mean I used to. But I'd always get tired, so I realized, I was like, I don't need all of this stuff. It's I'm Feel more... Good Farms that made me... Feel Good Farms was... That was brutal. Because <laughs> I, I did my... Every pound of air was like... Death. I did my full kit for that. That was really bad. Just with the AK and everything, I was like, oh yeah, it's like hiking up the hill when we went this past summer. You guys, like, God. you guys are complaining a lot about being tired. Um, and, and one thing I'd like to point out is, um, is to pace yourself. I yeah. see this a lot at at, um, at outdoor games. Is when that when that gun blows, everyone is like a bat out of hell. They are sprinting oh, yeah, they towards that objective. Dry. They oh, run yeah. themselves dry. The first, usually the first two hours, hour and a half of engagements are the most intense you'll get. Mm -hmm. But usually, if you if you ever go to a game um, with me and my team, you'll see everyone run, and we're the ones walking out of spawn mm -hmm. because we always oh, yeah, know no, there's the fast yeah, team. The same thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's that fast team that the um, that command staff will designate. Mm -hmm. And they're going to designate one squad to run to each objective. And those are the guys that run, so why should you? Right, yeah, um, yeah completely agree. And, uh, and I always pace myself. I'm always, I'm always uh, like, I'll turn, it, I'll turn up the throttle when I need to. But generally, um, with my team, uh, what we will, our theory is, is we pace ourselves during the day, and then we turn the throttle up at night. Because right. games are, because the points are at night, the games are won at night. Because if you can just hold down a team, 
Um, oh know, yeah, just just using yeah, superior players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. It, it also helps when uh, when you have a squad of ten and nine of them have Gen Gen three nods. Right. That also helps. But I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so but, that changes things. <laughs> a bit. But either way, I understand exactly what you're saying. And again, that's my way of pacing myself is make sure I'm not carrying stuff I don't need to. Yeah, exactly. That's the th it's it's. Like, I, I know I'm personally going through thinning down a lot of my kit. Like, even just playing here sometimes, you're like, you're like I don't really need all of this. Like, right. sometimes you're just like, ah, maybe I need the extra, you know, mags in case, you know, buddy mags. But then you realize, you're like, even that's too much. So, even, like, finding little ways can have a significant outcome. Like, oh, yeah. ounces leads to pounds, pounds leads to pain. <laughs> like, yeah. um, it's... <laughs> But moving forward into the Saw discussion, because that's a very different game. Yes. Um, and I want to start out here uh, saying our my description of, I think, the most ideal way to do a Saw is your job is, again, not to be the point scorer, not to be the guy who runs forward and gets engaged, because you're a powerful member of the squad, but you need to make sure to play it properly. Yeah. Um, be prepared to use a lot of ammo. Yes. Because even if you're not shooting at a target... You should still be shooting. Running a saw is not cheap, uh, but the guys who spend more money on saw, it, it, being, being a saw is pay to pay to win or pay to play kind yeah, of. The yeah. more you yeah, pay, you have to be the better the yeah, better exactly. saw gun is. I, I know saw gunners. I go through fifteen to twenty thousand rounds in a day, easy. But yeah. they're good. But they're good. they're doing their job. Yeah. yeah. Is, and that's the thing is, is a lot of people like to have the saws with, with fusion engines and forty rounds a second. And to me, that's completely that's ridiculous. Um, you're burning I through agree. air. You're burning through batteries. You're burning through pellets. Gearboxes. Best thing is, me and James were discussing fifteen to twenty rounds a second. Fifteen rounds a second. That's the most you ever need. Hold it down. But um, and don't have a gun that fires a laser to two hundred feet because then if you're oh, aiming yeah. at that tree and he's on the other side of the tree, you're not going to hit him. It's actually good. It's suppressive fire. Exactly. Your the, job is to suppress the enemy. Not, your primary objective is not to be a <laughs> rifleman and engage them. You don't need to hit them. That's how you're, If you do it, if you're right. pointing at a thrill, you just spray them down, and you hit a couple of people, that's awesome. Good for you, but that's not your, your objective. In your head, you should be thinking of... We're in engagement. My priority is to keep heads down so my guys can flank, and they can move up, so they can medic guys, they can do all that stuff. Exactly I mentioned earlier about using distractions... To your benefit, you're providing that distraction you for your riflemen yeah. to play. Just like what I said, the riflemen are the kill takers. Exactly. So you are providing the distraction and the deterrent for the, the for the other team to move forward. Yeah. You're you're stopping other, the other team from moving forward in position and allowing your riflemen to do the work of clearing them out. Yeah. Um, and Absolutely. I've seen a few squads that use that incredibly well. I know Durka does a great job of it. Yep. Yeah. My, my boy Brian. If you're Ryan, I love um, you. But, but it is, and you can <laughs> steamroll through a field if you use these tactics well. Oh, if you know how to use, if you know how to place your saw, or if your saw yeah. knows where to place himself, mm -hmm. and you guys um, are able to communicate a huge, a huge thing of outdoors is comms. Oh, is yeah. our radios, and um, and communication is is so so big. You guys don't even know, um, I, and that's and I I'm really um, I'm very anal uh, on my team. Uh, uh, about comms. I've, mm -hmm. I've programmed everyone's radios. If your radio cannot talk with another one, then you might as well not even play with us. So I want to talk about comms in, um, after just talking about the DMR role. Yeah, yeah, but, sure. Um, I just, before we go, I want to add, don't use just like a Midland radio. Or like something. Oh, no. Like yeah, yeah. Something. Bow things and Puxins are my two favorites. Yeah. Bow things are a little cheaper, but still just as good. Uh, in order to use a bow thing, you must have a amateur ham license. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. 
You must. We definitely have do that. This. Uh, must I mean, same have thing that. with the boxing because anything, anything above what is it five milliwatts? Any, I think I believe yeah. Anything above 0.5 watts or okay. um, is uh, is you need to have an amateur ham radio license, which everyone has. Right. So with Puxins, right. I believe if you use the high channels, I think Puxins yes, above. Yes, I have um, all of those. <laughs> I can't remember the channel number, but if you you can use certain channels of Puxin where it's yeah, below. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Five hundred milliwatts. But either way, solved. we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Saw. Um, that was fun. Is there anything more you guys want to add to Saw before um, we moved on to DMR? I mean, Saw's a pretty easy Saw's one. Pretty easy. Oh, actually, yeah. when taking shoot. positions to shoot is something with higher good, ground. Less concealment is not as important as cover. Yeah. Yep. Something it doesn't that you matter can actually if they know where you are. You're giving yourself away. Yeah, you're going to know. Pop, 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 They're going to know when you're Have something where you can take rounds and be fairly covered, but still have a lot of ammo. Yeah. It yep. should be able to put ammo down. And again, big difference is just want to point out the difference between cover and concealment. Uh, so a lot of people don't get it is that when looking for a position to hide as a rifleman, a saw, DMR, anything, you can generally focus. It's great if you can find both, but that's difficult. Yes. Yeah. You can generally focus on concealment or cover. Something that is cover, they might be able to see you, but the idea is you can take ammo incoming, you can hide, duck, whatever, and avoid that incoming yeah. ammo. Yeah. Um, something like a rock, a hill, a tree. That's good cover, not very good concealment. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to hide you as well. Like tall grass, a bush. Yeah. Um, something where you can hide, but if rounds come towards you, you're probably going to yeah. get hit. Yeah. And there's middle ground, but again, they're hard to find. It's like, you know, they call it tree cancer. Yep. Yeah. If you're sitting behind a tree and you look at a tree, it goes straight down into a lump. They know it's a person. Yeah. Um, even in silhouette form, same thing with a rock, same thing with a hill. Yeah. Um, but it gives you that opportunity to have ammo incoming and still be able to hide. Yeah. Um, so as like a rifleman, you probably focus more on cover. And a I look for angles one. of engagement. Exactly. Yeah. My, my thing is angles of engagement. How Whereas, can I get a better angle on someone? And how can my my position keep exactly. them keep them down? And the same thing with saw with saw exactly. placement. You don't want to put a saw in a place where he's going to get smoked easily from like two o'clock. You're going to want to put a saw in ideally um, a higher, um, an elevated um, uh, area. Yeah. And uh, and you're going to want him uh, again cover. You're going to have good cover. But the most important thing is his like uh, the enemy placement and his placement and just being able to keep them down. Yeah. Um, is just getting those angles as the saw gunner. You want the most wide angles to keep them down, and then once again uh, yep. through communication. And um, and right and using your riflemen, uh, all coordinated by squad leaders mm -hmm. and fire team leaders, you should be using that saw to keep their heads down, and the riflemen will branch out and they'll just they'll get the kill. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, and again, it depends on how you're playing. If you're going to set up an ambush, I might argue set up your your saws in cover and yeah. set up your riflemen more in a concealment location. But again, that you, it kind of depends on the situation and yeah. how you're playing and who you're engaging and who you're yeah. Be easier. So yeah. It's all very fluid. And again, that whole ability to adapt is the most powerful time. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about DMRs before we move on to the whole squad tactics thing. Is, um, is if anyone, you know, any customers here has talked to me, and I'm sure you guys know, I play more of the DMR role. It's my favorite role. And I won't just focus on DMR. I'll call it recon because it's really the most fair way to put it. Yeah. Um, and it, I would say you, there's kind of two different ways to play, and you might be playing as both ways in different parts of the day. Is a lot of times you focus on getting intel rather than necessarily shooting people. The scout yeah. class. The scout class, exactly. Recon. Yeah. Exactly, recon. So, I mean, there's been times I've sat outside an enemy spawn, you know, not 10 feet outside, like 100, 100 200 feet outside. And yeah, I could, sh I could shoot every squad coming out of there for maybe one respawn, and then they're going to get me because they're right there. 
Instead, I sit there and just radio into command where people are heading every time they leave spawn. And that is a huge amount of intel that can make a big difference in where oh, your absolutely. team is sending people. It's like when you play Battlefield, it's like hitting that Q button, spotting the enemy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm serious. But I'm the hardest part about that, and this is what most people admittedly suck at, is not pulling the trigger at every opportunity you have. Yeah. I'd say that's the hardest part about playing the recon role. Absolutely. Is your shots. when to pull the trigger and when to... Nuts. Because when to just lie down and stay the hell still. A lot of the time, pulling the trigger is kicking the beehive. Exactly. And you are going to have a whole lot of pain coming your because way. Because you, you are outnumbered. You're, you're two, maybe three people trying to take on 50. Mm-hmm. I don't care happen. if you're Chris Kyle, you're, you're going to lose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just, it's airsoft. It's, it's that's and that's you know like it's BBs fly everywhere and then um, once BBs start flying, you don't know where they're coming. And then from. on the same token, there's times, and this is the other way to play where distracting 50 people, you might, you're slowing down half the team, is totally worth it. You're going, okay, yeah, I'm going to get killed here in a few minutes, but it, if by slowing down the team for five minutes, it allows my team, my other team members to get to... Actually, real location. quick, I have um, one person on the YouTube chat uh, who changed his name to, hey, Chuckles, it's Reed, and I uh, just wanted to... I did, <laughs> I did see, hi... <laughs> Yeah, just so like, hey, Reed. Yeah. Just Wait, to say hi. That's funny. <laughs> you, guys, um, you guys are crazy, dude. I don't... <laughs> Respect you. But uh, as I was saying, it's my favorite thing with DMR class, and probably most important thing is a mining your engagement range. Is you have minimum engagement range of 100 feet, and that's significant. That's uh, about a telephone pole. Oh, apart. yeah. If you're looking at yeah. a normal road, telephone poles are about 100 feet away from each other. So it's a good distance, and closer than that, you just can't shoot them unless you pull out a sidearm, which generally, you know, pistols not going to outrange the rifle that they're running at you with. Yeah. Um, So you have to be very careful about that. And this is where concealment can sometimes better cover. Um, Unless you're trying to sit in a position for a real long time, cover or concealment can be great. Um, Perfect example being, uh, I believe, last spring offensive. This is almost a year ago now. Is me and my friend Jake Blyer literally sat into some tall grass 10 feet off the road. We had our guns turned down to, to less than 400 FPS, so we were well within... Uh, we didn't have that 100-foot engagement range, to be fair here. Um, we literally sat in tall grass, waited for about half the TAN team to walk by us, and just started engaging. And the beauty of ATAX is we sat there for about 10 minutes and literally dusted about 30 to 40 people before eventually yep. a truck rolled ATAX, up. ATAX, Star Wars and camo. A, a, truck <laughs> just, a truck rolled up and ruined us. Uh, yeah, that, that always happens. But on the same token, <laughs> you were able to slow down the team long enough, they weren't able to accomplish the objective they were going after before the game ended. And sometimes as a recon, that's, that's all your job is. is it's, yeah. it's not like in video games or movies. You're not going to find a spot and shoot people there for two or three hours. That's nope. not the enemy's going to learn where you are. Exactly. That's just yeah, not how it works. Because they respawn and they... At most, you outrange them by... If you have the top tier best build you can do, yeah. you outrange them by a maximum of 100 feet. And that mm-hmm. is, that's covered in 10 to 15 seconds by someone running fast. Yeah. Less if it's a road and not thick road. Good squad talk. Good... Good... Good squad tactics will out will outdo oh, any, yeah. any I, good DMR. When I run into a good squad and they figure out where I am, it takes them a couple minutes to get rid of me. And there's, exactly. There's no beat yeah. in that. It's unfortunate. Oh, that's just, that's just it's. that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, your objective is there a lot of times to relay intel and to distract, or a lot of times accomplish, and this is my favorite part of Blending Recon, is doing um, Fragro-type missions. One of the favorite things um, Cobalt does during Fragos. during uh, yeah, the best. Autumn Justice Spring Offensive. I live for those. Uh, but <laughs> as a two or three squad, a two or three 
person group, you're able to move right through enemy flanks by moving quietly. And that's actually probably one thing actually I meant to touch on earlier, is when you're playing outside, for the love of God, don't stick to the roads. No. <laughs> <laughs> is I have walked right through enemy lines 15 feet away from someone by just staying low in tall grass and brush and bushes and trees. And... Um, and Des is tall, so you can yeah, see I'm why that doesn't make sense. You can see why that doesn't make sense. Usually, the guys that um, that that are willing to go through the brush, willing to get their face scratched up by prickers, have so much more. So fun. much more fun. It. I mean, it's a grind. Absolutely oh, yeah. is. Oh, but yeah. when you're in when you're in those tall bushes and you're wading through those, an entire fucking freaking. I am so sorry. I usually try to watch my th my mouth. Anyways, uh, uh, moving on. Uh, so an entire action. freaking um, <laughs> an entire freaking enemy squad of like or squad or platoon like two to three uh, squads and you just smoke them. They're in. They're on a uh, a road. They have limited cover outside yep. of that road and you just annihilate. And you them. wait to engage them. Until they're close. That's one of those things. If you're hidden, don't engage them when they're just getting into your range. Wait until the whites of their eyes. Exactly what no, George exactly. Washington Wait said. Wait until they have no option to flank. Yep. And yep. no way. Is them into the trap again. As two or three people, we've taken out two or three squads by just using that that as a DMR. Uh, and one thing I would like to touch on with playing a DMR role is that in a, an unfortunate reality, people won't always call their hits. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hate to say it, but it is. And you suck. I that's, hate you. That's that's to the, be fair. You are ruining the game. Stuff. That's that's so, life. There's no, you are ruining the game. To be fair, to be fair here, and it sucks. And the thing is, the DMR sometimes you fire two or three shots. The guy, if he's not calling it, just move on to the next person. But yeah, it's just worth Someone it. Either that, or if you can, if he's close enough, shoot him in the face. But um, I always try to aim center mass because that's definitely more better yeah. way to do it. But um, on the same token. And you have to understand this when you're playing the DMR role. So by the time the pellet hits them at 250 feet, it's a tap on the shoulder. It doesn't yeah. feel like a pellet hit. And perfect example, this will be just a 10 second story, is years ago, when I used to play at a nearby field, is I was shooting at a good friend of mine, he was on the other team, and I was watching the pellets hit him, and every time I hit him, he'd look up, look around, have this confused look on his face, and, and pull his gun back up, and I'd be like, oh, why aren't you calling that? Shoot him again, he'd look up, look around. Eventually I missed, and one went by his face, and he got startled, looked my direction, raised his gun, fought for a moment, and immediately called himself out. And I talked to him later on, and he literally thought acorns were landing yeah. on his head. <laughs> <laughs> because at that range, the pellet doesn't hit the person straight. Yeah. The pellet is dropping from the sky due to just hop up and the way gravity works. Yeah. And he literally thought two or three acorns were hitting him on the head until he realized there wasn't a tree above him, and the moment he saw me, he went... Oh, it's Dez. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that happens, but you have to keep a cool head when you're playing the DMR role, and that applies yeah. for every role, but it becomes, you, you get, it's you more see important. it, yeah. you see and a that's, lot And that's a mistake, where if you don't keep calm, cool-headed in a situation like that, in a two-man group, or just in general, like, you'll be in much more trouble than if you were in a squad. It's like, I got a squad to back me up, whereas right. it's like... Hope you're ready to, to freaking run and we're getting out of here. Actually, yeah. and on that same note, because James and I have seen it personally, just with keeping cool, is we understand airsoft, it's a high adrenaline, intense Oh, sport. yeah. No, it, um, there's a lot going on, and I get that. If you get pissed off at some point, don't just go into someone's face and start yelling at them. That doesn't it's, help. 
Don't call, don't call hits pe for people. Yes, thank God. Don't yes, call hits for people. Do and one thing that I that helps me cope. What one thing that helps me cope when people <laughs> don't call it hits is if I shoot you and I watch my BB hit you and you don't call it. Yes, I'm judging you. Yes, I don't like you. I won't say anything because in my mind, and this goes back to me just using airsoft as a port for real steel. I can just tell myself if this were real, you would be dead, and. That's that. Like, I killed him. Like, it doesn't matter if he called it or not, because I watched my BB bounce off of him. I put two in him, whatever, and he's dead. He's a dead man, and mm -hmm. you know what? Whatever. He's not going to call his hits. I'll keep shooting him until he calls Either it. But keep shooting him or just move on to the next one. Yeah, that's just, you know, yeah. it's just, just yeah. don't get, like, all bugged up about it. Just know that you got him. Like, uh, you totally did. But yeah. Like, of course, you have to confirm that. Like right. visually, <laughs> it's harder in it's harder in um like that for is actually here. one thing worth mentioning is using zoomed optics outdoors. Um, as a rifleman, probably still don't suggest it. No. Um, but as Not a DMR really. roll or any long range and roll right that includes bolties and semi-automatic guns, is you can watch your pellet fly. Oh, with absolutely. A zoomed optic, um, which is huge. Which yeah. is incredibly helpful when you're engaging past 200 feet you're not going to hit someone every single it's shot. It's the same thing like when you're shooting um if you ever watch like uh special forces snipers mm -hmm. they actually can watch their bullet at extreme extreme distances they can watch for a vortex behind the bullet yeah. as it's displacing air right. and you can literally watch that and and they do it and it's super easy like they, that they say that that's what they look for because they're like oh okay two clicks up and i got him yeah exactly it was it's and, and you can literally the same, thing. Do the same thing in airsoft is you fire one or two shots and say oh okay that's where they're yeah. landing you know? and especially if you're going to set up an ambush and you have a quiet gun don't do this if you have like a sistema uh <laughs> 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 um no but it's not, not a bad idea to fire one or two shots get an idea of where those shots are so you know where to aim when someone steps into that engagement yeah um so, so if you're like if you're like oh i'm gonna hit some i'm gonna be aiming for people on this road and there's they're not gonna be able to hear you at the moment fire one or two mm -hmm. shots say okay I'm, I'm hitting two clicks low at the road you know aim two clicks high when you engage those targets um very, very helpful when you're setting up an ambush type. Oh, absolutely. A part of that's knowing your gun and knowing your limitations also. Like as a rifleman, you obviously won't be able to outrange somebody that has, you or you probably won't be able to, like Des said, you're going to have an advantage with a DMR that shoots right. at whatever FPS, such and such. But like, yeah, know your limits. Know, you, know the limits of your, your kit, your gun yourself and play within those limits yeah exactly. and, yeah. yeah know your strengths and, and don't think you're if you know your weakness because you're done being done. yes exactly. yeah exactly because it's like um, yeah but end rant on that let's talk a little <laughs> about um squad tactics okay which is yeah. the last i would say another big big part not the last part we could talk about this for days um, oh, yeah. i could i could talk for hours I about know. theory uh um, but outdoor play squad <laughs> tactics is huge indoors communication with people is important but I would say not necessary. It's good, but not like the it's end good. Goal. But like outdoor, if you're not communicating with your teammates, you're not playing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You need to like um, outdoors. You run into, I mean, and it's different for whatever you know events and AOs you play at. So uh, it's good, especially like so you're playing. I don't dress a spring offensive. You run into you have your squad and you run into an enemy force and or you're setting up an ambush or you run into them and so what you want to do is you want to. You have your breakup in a fire team, so that's how the it all breaks down. It's uh, you have your team, you get broken out of platoons, platoons of squads. Your squad is a twelve-man team, let's say, and it's split up into two fire teams. So then one fire team leader to another, or you know, it's those things communicating where 
hey, you get you split up for maybe an ambush, or you split up to hit an objective from both sides, or or anything like that, or like it happened one time, like last time is when we did spring offensive last year. You run into a problem where someone just gets stuck at CP, and that was Stefano, and we didn't know where Stefano was. So we were like yelling over comms, like, where the hell is Stefano right now? And he was like, oh, I'm back at CP. We are like, what are you doing there? Like, we've already started, like, we'd already been walking for five minutes, and yeah. so we had no way for him to catch up. And that's, like, something, like, that's good. Because if you get lost, but if you're, like... You're lost in the middle of nowhere. You're like, oh my god, this is absolutely horrible. Oh, it's it's always it, it annoys me so much, and that's why I'm I'm so crazy about comms on my team. Is if is if we get split, if we split off to engage an enemy, um, and then we can't find you. Oh god. Nothing makes me more mad yep. than not being able to contact you on comms. Yeah. I swear to God, okay. I will leave you for dead. Like, <laughs> even on my own team. Like, and uh, everyone on my team will agree. If you don't have your comms up and you get lost, you can just wait and respawn for us to get back because yeah. you're clearly you messed not up. You're not. It's yeah. essentially a requirement at bigger, like, military simulation-style games. The thing is, is they require you to have a radio, whether it's to talk to command or squad. Or it's to be able to get in touch. If you have an emergency, you know the command frequency or the emergency frequency or whatever so you can call that up and be like hey i'm lost or hey i'm dying or you know, right that's hopefully safety that's reasons. not the case but it's for safety like oh dude i think i you know i did this this happened broke my leg blah 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 you know like that's safety practicality absolutely 100 percent. never don't never always have a radio <laughs> double negatives radio. don't yeah. do me well always have a radio um Stuff like that, but that's Absolutely. but that's also for good for because you need coordination. Like if you're a squad sized, if you're a squad sized element, you have two fire teams. Let's say so you, fire team A takes fire or fire team B. Well, the next thing that should happen is that the other team, so fire team A takes engagement. Boom, we're going at it. What fire team B should be doing is they should be moving to flank, and we need to coordinate that. Love you need to be like. Bravo should already be on it in their heads. Bravo leader's like, all right, we're on our way. We're uh, moving right to flank or whatever, you know? Like, if you know, that's a, whatever the practical option is, but it's coordinating. It's coordinating a massive attack on, on a team, you know? Like, so that's what you can kind of, that's kind of the important thing is communicating with your other squad mates, you know? Squad, mm -hmm. uh, you know, squad leaders or your fire team leaders are going to have this vision uh, that you might not have is yeah. just a random rifleman. So they need to be the ones. They know where their medic is. They know where this is. They know where that is. So they can put it all together to make like the picture. And by using comms, that's absolutely, utterly a priority. Like, so you can see right here. Yeah, and on that same token is biggest mistake I see a lot of people doing. I mean, admittedly, I've done this as well. I'm sure we all have. Is don't punch up. Oh, this gosh. also goes along with the don't be on a road. Um, but don't just be in a group of people. Spreading out... Spacing is huge. Spacing is so huge. And it's usually... Obviously, this doesn't talk much about spacing. Yeah. But I usually say minimum of 10 feet apart between people. Absolute minimum. That way, if someone just does a burst of fire, they're not getting out 10 of yeah. you. Like a saw. One yeah. Spray and they're going to your squad. At most, they can hit one, maybe two if they're lucky. Spacing and then, is huge. And then, and then as you see, flanking squads can go around, gunners in the middle engage, um, and you can outtake anyone trying to ambush you incredibly quick. Oh, the reason yeah. that ambush work, ambushes work all the time in airsoft is because people bunch together. Yep. That's, yep. It's yeah, plain simple. An ambush... Would not work in airsoft if people were spread. Nothing is better than an airsoft ambush. Like, oh man, and that's what, you know, <laughs> oh, and spacing man. and oh. and 
formation like, formation yeah. are a big thing, but like you're gonna have your eight, you know. Also, on that same token, is uh, when you have squad leaders uh, and fire team leaders, is there's times for discussion, and then there's times to just do a decision. Yep, doing shit. Oh, oh yeah. No, your squad leader says you do what he says. Right. And if you all die because of it, all right. Then fine. Yeah, whatever. But that's us. You just respond and go back into play. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn from your mistake. If you're sitting there arguing in the middle of the field, that's how you. A, die. you're mission infective at that point. Yeah. Um, B, you probably are going to get shot, and C, you just everyone leaves more unhappy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. Let's just. And a lot of the time, um, the your squad leaders are nominated as a squad leader for a reason. Um, on my team, Durka, um, Greg, my boy Cheese, Kids Fire, um, I, I've watched myself uh, become a better player just by watching him. I mean, he's taken real steel shooting courses. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been doing this for a while. He's been playing airsoft for over, over a decade now. Oh, and, yeah. um, and, I, and especially at night, um, uh, I'll, I'll touch up on that um, whenever I get a chance, I guess. Um, but like at night, um, I, I watched him play and I watched what he does. And it's brilliant, exactly what he does, and um, and it's just 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 how he reacts to contact and how he contact and how he um, makes mm -hmm. contact with the enemy, and just um, just the level of aggression and the level of thought that he puts into it oh, all. Yeah. It's um, it's really fascinating, and uh, and just so just watch if someone's doing good, like watch don't do. don't be embarrassed to watch them. them. Yeah, like yeah. you you could if there's like that kind of goes along with like be growing as a player. You should be constantly growing. Constantly and learning. Constantly yeah, learning, constantly especially learning. like there's no one that knows everything about everything in airsoft ever or right. in anything in the world. There's no one that knows everything, you know. Even like, the smartest people continually try to push their their boundaries to get the highest level of performance that they can have. Whatever. Right. None so, of us claim to be experts. We're yeah, just no. sharing our experience. We're just a bunch of oh, dudes yeah. that have been playing airsoft, and like we have knowledge and experience that is unique to us and what's happened to us, whereas somebody else that's working here might not. Well, they won't. They definitely right. won't have the same experience. So we can share that and maybe, hopefully, like, help you guys out. Yeah, we'd love to hear. Uh, if you disagree with us, if you agree with us, whatever, talk about it in the comments. Yeah. As we do read them. We'd love to chat about it. You can see, we look at the live chat, we look at the, the post chat as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do want to actually take the last 10 to 15 minutes to talk about the expo some more. Okay. Um, so, so, can we talk about night tactics and other Yeah, that's what it's like. That's, yeah. uh, that's its own <laughs> that's thing. A, that's, that's, that could be uh, an, like an advanced. Uh, I live for the night. If I can oh, only no. play airsoft in one at one time, like I would, I will legit pay for a game and only show up for the night game if I thought. But if I everyone had night vision, I'd still play it. Right. Night vision mm -hmm. is playing against users with night vision is such an experience, and I know that you guys don't understand that, but it's just the level. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But just the level of thought and um. And, uh, and it's just patience. you really it's it's such a patient game, yep. and you just have to remember that you are the five percent. You're the five percent that you can see mm -hmm. exactly everyone, and they and they can't see you. And just you use that to your ability. And um, and a lot of people are like, oh yeah, well that's that's unfortunately to be cheater. effective with night vision, you have to have the right. Oh yeah, yeah, you have to have infrared lights and lasers and a sight. Um, you have to have a um, a squad that can operate at that mm -hmm. same level as you. Um, but yeah, well, yeah, 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 we have to have a whole squad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, so I guess probably in the loadout, um, uh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, we can, be, yeah. We can, I can really kind of go off on a tangent and dive into Absolutely. a night vision theory. So, um, back to the expert, but yeah, talk about yeah. Yeah. Talk. So, um, so hey, it's, like I said earlier, big shout out to Cobalt, um, Gordon, for oh, putting my this man. all together. Um, <laughs> 
He is, he is such a he works so hard on He works so hard making this community in Northeast as great as it is. And that's why it's um, so great. I, I, I personally believe he has had a big part in, in uh, why this 100% agree. Is. Absolutely. Um, but, as we're saying, is this expo is, whereas, like we say, you know, August 26th this year is our eight-year anniversary. Eight years. Um, that, our August event focuses more on the business and extreme itself. Yeah, the industry. The, the industry, industry exactly. Yeah. What we like to do at the expo or, um, is it's more about the community. Is we invite, um, and this is a shout out to anyone listening, is we invite uh, the other stores to come set up booths, teams to set up booths, anyone mm -hmm. who wants to show out cool, show off, yeah, show off cool stuff. Um, yeah. Like anybody working on stuff around here. Um, yeah, if you're teams, prototyping a new type of gun, exactly. show no, up and show it off. Exactly. Yeah. Or um, if like you're a team that's looking for members, well, maybe it'd be cool. No, day. exactly. Oh, it's a table, great recruiting. You know? And we do have gameplay that day, um, and it's nice because you'll be playing a lot of people you probably either play with outside normally or just don't usually get to interact with. Yeah. Um, it is indoors, which is yep. Very it's nice. indoors. So it's so. March again. It's March 26th this year. Uh, we will be posting up. Uh, more information about that very very soon yeah. yep um, we'll have flyers and all that soon enough but um is like i said it's all about building community uh this isn't about us it's about oh everyone. yeah it's not, it's not about extreme airsoft um we loved it i had such a great time last year mm, yeah. um it was great seeing a lot of faces that i don't get to see at the big events and um yeah anything else to add james like um I mean, it's, it's really just just like what we've all been saying. I mean, the expo is just a great way to meet members of your community. Um, you can, like, you know, powwow over previous games, you know, yeah, like, exactly. talk about stuff. It's just, it's really awesome. You know, you get to see all your friends. It's like, it's like going to Spring Offensive is one of the reasons why I love, or one of the reasons why I love going to Spring Offensive so much is because the whole community is there. Right. I mean, I see, like, like I said last week, about 70% of my best friends, or all my friends, really, 70% of all my friends are, um, are yep. in the Airsoft community in this community so i it's really just like a big get together with all my friends oh, yeah, yeah. and it's the best <laughs> and, it's, and that's replicated get your herd um, in. here for the uh for the event and exactly. it's, it's really awesome um yeah, we'll also usually try and get as many vendors down here as we can yeah so yep. um, last year i believe we had balkan um titman 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 oh they have such a cool yep. they have their shooting range booth and all uh, that z shot um oh that's right yep z shot was here i hope john can make it yep John, hope you can make it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Timmin Umrex was here, or uh, Elite Force um, was here. Elite Force, I believe, made it. I can't remember. Either way, they they, they, all, they come to the yes, they did. They did because I remember checking out because it was super cool. They had the oh, that's right. Yeah, flat top the the tour. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. Uh, I was waiting. But there's there's just so many cool things to check out, and it's. It's yeah. really a great day. Oh yeah, it's tons of fun. Um, it's but, the worst day to work though. Oh god. <laughs> I remember the entire time I'm seeing all my friends, you know, my whole team was there, mm -hmm. like all my friends and oh man, it was I I every every second of my thirty minute break you can get I was I was out there. Actually I think my system was having issues, but Z Shot was there to fix it. Look at that. <laughs> so it was perfect. The, uh, Wallace was very helpful. Fix it in about two minutes because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but, but but yeah, no, it's it's, it's a cool thing to do, you know, you gotta you get exposure, you get to see what's around, not, you know, here, but what the rest of New England kind of has to offer. Exactly. Like, you know, we have other, you know, we have other stores that come out, they kind of rep their stuff. They're like, hey, we're, you know, we're up in Massachusetts or in Connecticut. So we'll be putting out information for uh, vendors and everything uh, if you want to have it. As yeah. we get it, yeah. And get. then yeah. Jay, uh, 
you know, information. If you are interested, we'll have a contact for this. So then you can get in touch with us, you know, put payment down probably for tables or however we. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually, I, usually I, I, the pricing may change this year, but I, I remember it was very, very no, expensive. Yeah. For a booth, then it wasn't. It so won't I think, I think Ben on a YouTube ask an ESR set up a booth. I mean, sure. Yeah. If you're yeah, a team. If, no, yeah, you're, you're, you're you guys are more than welcome. Um, yeah. And actually, yeah, if you guys have any questions over, we have about seven, eight minutes left. Yeah. Actually, questions? I have a question. What is SY or who is SYG? I don't, I don't know who they are. SYGs, it's, they're a, they're a, they're a Speedsoft group out in, I want to say, is it Florida? I want to say they actually have, I've seen SYG trying to remember if those are, cause I had seen a really good, like their, uh, what was it? I think it was them. I want to say I watched, I actually watched some of their videos and they were like speed softers but it was a lover it was a higher level of play almost professionalism yes they also like Adult if they did something yeah. like they didn't just right their goal wasn't to shoot like Dude, be excessive overshooting and stuff like i had seen them they'd you know run around a corner they'd shoot somebody once and i'm like oh good i'm not <laughs> used to seeing that indoors like it's just mm. like something like that it's like nice. usually people are just like i'm not gonna light it up but uh so they're apparent they're pretty big. So if they wanted to make the trek up, like I saw them do something, I think in Colorado or some something weird. Ben says so they wanted from, to come Ben up. says they're from Cal um, Cali. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Okay, so Cali, it's big out there. That's what it's all about. So. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. If, if they, they come really to the wanted coast, to, you sure, can hit them come, up. You can hit them up. Be like, hey, you should come, come out through. here and rep it. Yeah. You know, there is a big. You know, There's there is a, the desire for Speedsoft, you know? And uh, to give you guys an idea, here's a picture from last year. It was uh, it was pretty busy there. And this we do have a raffle at the end of it, usually. Yeah, so lots of free stuff. A lot of Always stuff. free stuff here at Extreme Airsoft. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was pretty good last year, and I'm sure it'll be just as fun this year. If not, I hope bigger. Oh, so yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's just such a fun thing. Um, so with the four minutes left, I mean, if anyone has uh, questions, anything they really want to ask us, um, about anything we discussed, anything coming up, anything really, uh, shoot, put in the comments. I'm monitoring Facebook and YouTube, um, so if you guys are, if you guys have any questions, just let us know. Other than that, um, yeah, we're just gonna kind of keep chatting, and we'll answer questions as we go. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, there's lots, lots of stuff. So what yeah. has you know while we're chatting, um, what has been your <laughs> favorite airsoft game ever? And like, if you had to, and not just Autumn Justice, which one? Okay. Um, well, I'm gonna. An I can't answer this in one because there's two games that I have in my mind. My um, my favorite game um, that I had with my that I did with my team in both games I played mm -hmm. with Durka. Um, but probably my favorite game was um, Richmond. Uh, was going down to Virginia, and okay. the game the one. game was a little stale. But that's just because there weren't enough players for the AO. The AO is outstanding, and mm -hmm. next time I don't think we're going back there, um, as uh, Tom had posted. But um, it, either way, just hanging out with my team, nothing beat just the 10-hour road trip down. Um, so that was by far one of my favorites. But my favorite action game was the night game of the most recent Spring Offensive. Okay. Um, so actually, well, whatever, actually, whatever game nine? I haven't, whatever the last Spring Offensive game I went to, I don't remember. Right, right, right. right. But um, that was the game that I watched. Um, I watched Cheese. I watched my boy Greg um, play at night, and that was 100% night game. And I just, I it clicked. It just made sense, and I figured out 
yeah. what I figured out the psychology behind the enemies um, at night, and I totally played that against them. I played the enemy so hard, and at one point my entire squad was smoked, and um, and, uh, and and I think I, I must have been the last one alive. And there were probably 30, 30, 30 um, enemies coming right at me, and I was able to hold them down off a trail, gaming them. And I'll I'll go more into detail in another podcast when I talk about night tactics on how I was able to, mm-hmm. you know, achieve a KD of thirty and zero. You know, it was it was an absolute insane game, and I don't think I've ever had more fun playing it. Fair enough. Uh, I did see one mention about doing a um, uh, speed soft style tournament at Extreme. We unfortunately had tried that. We, we had Speedsoft nights. We had no Speedsoft nights, and unfortunately, there just wasn't any interest. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'd love to do that again. Comment below if you really are interested in something like that. We might be. We might try again. Um, Let's see. But our experience in the past, unfortunately, were not uh, ideal. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite yeah. game. Larry, right, do you have any more questions? Um, Every game at Extreme is a nightmare. And again, any team is any team whatsoever is welcome to set up a booth at the Expo. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So the question about that is, we'll be putting out the details about that uh, as soon as, as we clarify them with Cobalt. Yeah. Hundred percent. And space is going to be a little bit more limited this time, so it's going to be. It's um, going to be. You know, if you show up day of, there might not be space to set yeah, up a booth. But that, it, that yeah. is going to be a pre-registration type yep. thing. You're absolutely going to have to um, um, go ahead for that. Yeah. So yeah, we have a slightly smaller space to work with. Um, last year but i'm absolutely sure we can still have it be just as cool um oh thank you charles that was actually the first game that i had ever written um (laughs) rowan was the uh was that ukrainian game so that's that actually means a lot to me thank you very much (laughs) my favorite as of now was definitely i went to my first m saturday game breaking bad 2 uh last year i was totally head over heels in love with this experience like I had never been on that level of play before. Like, I'd done Autumn Justice and Spring Offensive, and we went to feel good for one of their event things. And then, uh, you know, playing here, playing wherever, but to get on a level like that, like, it was like 185, 180 players or so. So it was just like, it was much smaller, but, like, that was the first time it felt like I was on a much higher level of, of play. There was more intensity, you know, and it was kind of like here in a way. Because they were at the uh, Fitchburg AO, you know, it's a lot of buildings, and you're in buildings, and you're clearing buildings, and you're doing all this. So, and then you have the night games, you're trying to sneak around, and it was so many cool aspects that kind of came together where I was like, I don't not want to go to any more like M Sado events. Like, I want to, I want to hit everyone I can this year, just because it was just such a positive uh, experience. It was a great time. Um, I mean, me and my guys had a great time. Like, it was awesome. So, I don't remember having that much fun. Like. I mean, it was maybe like Autumn Justice, like seven or something, or eight. Eight was a really good one, but that was definitely like the game that completely changed Airsoft for me. Uh, in the past few months, I've completely yeah. done everything. So, that's and cool. I guess I'll just throw in my perspective real quick before uh, we end the stream. Um, I'd say my favorite game was probably got a long time ago. Um, Autumn Justice three or four, I believe. Um, I've been playing for. It was before Autumn my Justice time too. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've been playing for a little while now. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's the grandpa here. Is only what I think I liked about that game. It was before Airsoft was like a well-known thing. So the people you played with were people that you'd see every other week. It was the same group of people. Yeah, going mm-hmm. to all these games nice. is, and there's still plenty of them that I love running into. Um, one of my favorite being her cat, Pat. <laughs> yeah. um, but I remember my favorite moment of that game 
is it was before everyone had night vision. It was very, very few people. And fortunately, I was borrowing a friend, so I had some. And I was just Gen 2s, whatever. But still. Yeah, Gen 2s, anything, um, anything is better than Gen 1. But I remember is my entire squad was running tracer units. Mm. And probably the best mm. moment of my life was we got an engagement. It went something like this. We were running green. The other team's tan. We rolled up and we go, uh, green? And they go, uh, tan? And, we, <laughs> and, and there's about, there was about <laughs> 10 seconds of silence because we couldn't tell who the other team was. And then they said their, their check. There's usually like a, like they, I think it was like, they say a type of animal or, or you say like, like they would say dog and the response would be German Shepherd. Like that was yeah. their check. So they just say their, their check. We all look at each other and go, oh, they're tan. And I saw <laughs> just about roughly 15 trace units erupt in a hail of that's fire a, in an instant. Uh, that's it, awesome. It will forever be my favorite moment in Airsoft because it just looked so damn cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially under night vision. That must oh, yeah. Be. Tracers at night are just so cool. It's, it's, it's. If you ever were wondering like what it's like, if you ever seen videos um, of uh, tracers under a actual tracers under night vision, like actual military videos, it's it's actually kind of like that. It's a little bit different because they're BBs and you know there's there's a stream of them instead of just a mm -hmm. couple every every here and there. But it's uh, the feeling is absolutely the same, yeah. you know, just watching all of them everywhere all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Watch, watching the muzzle flash. But and, it's just, and that's the cool thing about tracers with night vision, you get the muzzle flash. Yeah. yeah and it that. looks, like I said, it was the best moment. And it, it was, was before cool. Polar Stars. It was before all this. So everything was loud and noisy and, oh man, that's hard. Um, on that note, however, or apparently Jeremy Clarkson on that bombshell. Yeah, on that say? bombshell. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to thank everyone who tuned, everyone who tuned yeah, in. Yeah, thank you for and, tuning uh, in, guys. We'll be back next week. And again, we'll be talking about... Um, we'll, just, we'll, release, we'll announce it. Yeah, we'll we'll announce, let you guys know. We usually discuss afterwards what we want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> right now, I, I realize this is wrong. It's not 4.30 to 6 yeah, anymore. Yeah, we'll be changing that. Um, it will be 5 to 6.30 just due to... Uh, school schedules yeah, and things cool. like that. Unfortunately, we're all still in school, so limiting factor here. Um, but so it'll be 5 o'clock every week. And mm -hmm. again, always remember to subscribe and like and all that so you'll get notifications when we when we stream. And uh, hopefully starting this week, we're actually going to be doing um, videos uh, about 3 p.m. on Thursdays. Yeah, so we're um, going to be... They won't be streams. Yeah. These will be edited videos, but that should be a weekly um every thursday yeah, afternoon I'm looking forward to that we're going to be bringing video. that up so um and again uh, we have an event coming up for uh, february 11th soviet secrets february 11th pre-register online it's going to be a really great time uh pre-registration link is in the description on youtube or again you can find it on our page in about two seconds yep. on facebook um hopefully we'll see you there and again remember pre-register it's fun so. pre-register yeah. save your money yes. preserve uh, your team then you won't get screwed exactly. out of being on a team with not your friends which happened last time so just do it do it for me do it for you guys okay <laughs> just like it's not you know it's you all right but uh yeah have a great week guys and hopefully i'll see you some here playing this weekend yeah we'll see, yeah. You. see you guys later